Hey guys, welcome back to the Grounding Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Kavuma, and this is season two, episode six. Today, we are welcoming back our resident nutritional therapy practitioner, Elizabeth of Hey Hey May. And she and I are having a conversation all about breath work and other stress reduction tactics. So as you can imagine, the conversation gets pretty deep and we have some talks not only about these strategies and some really practical things that you can do to implement breath work in your daily schedule and the things that you have going on, but also how to just reframe your mind around the things that you face whenever you're dealing with your business and your personal life and stuff that can be a source of stress, but it can also be a way to grow you and make you a stronger individual that can approach life in creative and effective ways. So I know you're going to love the conversation. I want to let you know before we dive in that Elizabeth has been super kind to create a printable for you guys to have in order to help you with your breath work as you learn to practice this and implement this. So if you want to get that and download it to your devices or print it out, you can do that by going to the show notes for this episode, which can be found over at jordankavuma.com. You can find the link in the um, description under this podcast episode, and then all you will do is go to the show notes for this episode, season two, episode six, and you'll be able to download it and have it because after you listen to this, I know that you're going to want to start using this breath work in order to combat the stress that you face day to day. We all have it, no shame, but we need to get better about how we manage it. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I am going to just dive right into our conversation and I hope you love it. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you so we can talk again. Same. I'm excited to be here and talk about stress. <laughs> no, right. I felt like whenever we discussed talking about the topic and the fact that this entire season is on scaling your business. I feel like a lot of times growth can bring added elements of stress. So I was like, oh, this is a great topic. <laughs> we need to like marry these together so we can all just keep like a clear head and just remind ourselves that our bodies are priority. And no matter what's going on with our business, we need to be sure that we're taking care of ourselves. So I am pumped because I think this topic is super applicable and just really actionable too. And it's going to be really helpful for everybody. I don't know anybody, like it's been a very long time, I think actually, since I have met somebody who just straight up tells me that they don't have stress in their life. <laughs> and I think if yeah, they told me that, I wouldn't believe them. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that really, but... <laughs> Sweet. I'm kind of jealous if they exist. I know. I'm like, well, maybe you like live alone on <laughs> 10 acres and you never like have human beings around you. I don't know, but um, good. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound that bad. So, um, all right. Remind our listeners a little bit about who you are and your background. Anybody who's new listening, what do they need to know about the work that you do? Yeah. So I, um, am a, 15-year photographer turned nutritional therapist. I um, went through a pretty lengthy string of autoimmune disease showing up after several years of trauma. Kind of set myself up in a way for it by working very hard um, for many years in um, 
got married and had some babies back to back and just pretty much in ways ran myself into the ground, but also lived in a scary um, relationship and at that with um, the choice to get divorced and start to heal my body. And in that process, I found um, functional medicine, which just really looks at the root cause of things. And um, for me, it was functional nutrition, which is very foundational there that helped to heal my body. I was able to remove the things that were harmful um, and peel back the layers so I could find the root and then heal the root. Um, so I went to school and became a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, I've done some other schooling around some um, digestive lab work. I really enjoy digestion. And I find that that's imperative to the rest of mm. our well-being and nourishment. And um, just have gotten to see over the past couple of years, a lot of people with chronic illness or um, children, adults with ADHD, ADD, autism, find profound healing mm. just by simply looking at our gut and looking at what we're putting in and how we're managing what we put in. So stress plays a huge um, piece in that puzzle. And for me, it was definitely a propellant to a disease state. And then removing, it was a healer coming mm. out of disease state. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. So yeah, today specifically, we are going to talk about breath work and other stress reduction tactics. So not just talking about stress in general, but trying to be really intentional on how we combat it and ways that are going to have really great long-term effects. But I think also this is something that is really manageable. So it's things that mm -hmm. you can just do. It's You're not having to invest a lot of money. You're not having to like, you know, you could do it from like your office or wherever you're at. Like there's just not a lot that goes along with it. So I think that's like really helpful in what we're talking about today because it's just so approachable and accessible for anybody to be able to implement these things. So I want to just start out though, talking about why is the idea of stress reduction tactics and trying to think through this in a more holistic way. Why is that better? than the alternative? I definitely think stress is pervasive. We live in a really fast-paced culture. As entrepreneurs, we kind of push the envelope as far as we can on that fast-paced culture. Yeah. And in many ways, it allows for us to do our work. It allows for our flourishing, but our bodies are not used to 20-hour days with computers and phones and mm. um, just so much noise and pressure and going. And um, we look at research, and there is a strong link between disease and disease state and stress. Mm. As stress um, increases, disease state also increases. And as you're able to proceed on stress, um, disease state basically peels back. And so um, we spend a lot of time in my practice talking about why we can or cannot do certain things that other people can do. Like I can't eat gluten anymore. That has a lot to do with my, that's a major stressor to my body. Mm. And my body takes in stress in other ways. And that's a way that I can't handle anymore. Yeah. Um, and so stress is really this wonderful pile of things that happen to us that we have great control and power over if we kind of submit to a, a different thought process around it, which I love it because you can peel back a tiny bit on your, your stress mountain and make a big difference. Um, yeah. So it really is like an empowering, an empowering situation. Yeah. So I want to like, like what you were just talking about, with how gluten is a stressor for you and your body. 
Like I think a lot of times when people think about stress, they think clients or family members or like other human beings or like your work or something. Mm -hmm. But is there like a frame that you can think of stress in a way of like the things that you eat or the, the products that you use on your body? Like there's like, what are all the ways that we could be putting our mental state, our body, our physical state, like under stress other than just like maybe hard relationships, which I think is what comes to mind when you think about it. For sure. Yeah. There are definitely different types of stress. Um, there's even, so there's distress, which is too much stress, negative stress. And there's you stress, which is like when stress is good, like hmm. say you have a test and you have some pressure on yourself to get the test done in that time period. That's good hmm. stress that propels you forward it's a short period of time. It's for a purpose. Um, and so we kind of categorize into these two sections, which gives us great power because we can reframe something to be used stress that maybe is distress. Maybe my boyfriend broke up with me. Okay. Well, that could be terrible, right? That could be really sad. It could be a serious thing, but it could also be used stress. It's good for you. Um, that wasn't your person. This isn't where you needed to go. Mm. Um, it was taking up time. There's two ways to think about everything. So there's that. And then there are different kinds of stress. There's psychological stress. There's emotional stress. Anything that's going to challenge our body to get back to its resting place, like homeostasis we talked about a bit last yeah. time. Yeah. This happens like down to a cellular level. Our body wants to have the appropriate amount of blood and oxygen, all these things inside of us. But also our body is constantly seeking just a level homeostasis. So anything that challenges that. Um, food allergies, blood sugar dysregulation, inflammation, be it from a cut or like systemic inflammation, mm. injuries, um, relational stress, just too much work. We can handle like a giant to-do list in one way. We know if we plan, we stretch our to-do list out over seven days, we feel a lot different about it than if we have a giant to-do list yeah. um, and the impact the way we receive stress very differently. So I love stress because you really can do something about it and it is pervasive it comes at us from all angles yeah it's just, you know it can be chemical stress like our makeup um there's a lot of buzz around cleaning out our homes and detoxing but there's a lot of truth to that because my body when i have more chemical stress i can handle a whole lot less food stress um and when i remove those chemical layers my body does better with certain foods that are maybe questionable for me sleep is another huge stressor that we don't think about maybe as stress we think of it as a way to combat stress, but it can be um, amazing. Like if you're not getting people. good sleep, then not getting quality sleep. Yeah. If you're not getting yeah enough sleep, too much sleep, like all those parts. Your attitude about sleep, even um, yeah, can be a stressor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's helpful because I know, like personally, when I think of stress, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, I have a mountain of things to do, or. I have this hard relationship that I need to take care of or something like that, but like taking it broader than that, or maybe deeper than that is the right word of, no, this has to do with like the food that you put in your body, the, you know, products that you use on your skin, the things you use to clean your home, like all of these things can affect like your body's ability to function at its best level. And that contributes. <laughs> Yeah, a concept that really helped me understand all of that is um, called allostatic load, and it's just the amount of stress um, on your body. And we kind of think of it in terms of a stress bucket. Everyone has a bucket. It's, you know, your bucket may be smaller or larger than mine, and that bucket can hold all the stress that we can handle. Mm. When that bucket starts overflowing, we have to look in our bucket and say, like, 
maybe I can take out this mascara that irritates my eyes, but I love it, which is so me. <laughs> Um, so that there's room for my children to melt down, which sounds silly, but really, you know, we do have a max cap, which a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we don't think that we do Right. <laughs> we get into trouble in that way. So stress bucket and allostatic load were really helpful, um, visuals for me to understand what my body could and could not handle and how to resituate and reappropriate. Yeah. It's kind of like my stress allowance. Yeah. No, that's, I, I like that. I like the visual. Mm-hmm. So Moving into how to deal with all of this, like, I don't know if people's, you know, if everyone's stress levels are going up right now, like hearing about all these Mm -hmm. potential ways to be stressed (laughs) out, but what is, so we're going to talk about breath work as a way to, um, like counteract all of this and to kind of gain a little bit of control. So for people who, maybe you've heard that term tossed around or um, maybe it's a new term to them. Like what exactly is breath work whenever you talk about that? Yeah. Breath work is just really consciously reducing either your breathing rate or your breathing volume to get the body into a rest and relaxed state. Stress is mainly implicated on our nervous systems So you've got two parts of that nervous system. You have a sympathetic state, which is fight or flight. We all know what that is, right? We all want to like run, freeze, freak out. Um, And then we have parasympathetic, which is our ideal rest and relaxed state. And so breath work trains our body to continually return to rest and relax instead of stress, which continually trains our body to return to fight or flight. So that breath work just is a constant continual pattern. And then there is, you know, the reality of we're nourishing our bodies with oxygen but it has uh-huh. more to do with resetting your nervous system. Yeah. So practically what would it look like to use breath work in a scenario? Yeah. So a lot of times with clients, we'll talk about, there's a lot of stress around sleep for a lot of people. And so when it comes to bedtime, before we even get into doing our sleep habits, um, before we even allow our bodies to kind of get in that freaked out place about it, We'll do four, seven, eight breathing, um, where we breathe in for four seconds or to account of four really. And we hold for seven seconds or count mm-hmm. to seven and we breathe out for eight. Um, this just tells our body that we're breathing in for four. We're exhaling for eight. That seven count just helps to still the body, but uh-huh. exhaling longer than we inhale helps to reset the sympathetic nervous system. So we would start that process. We do four or five rounds before we even begin our sleep routine at night. A good sign for you that it's being effective is that your shoulders are going to relax all on their own. You can kind of look for that and you'll feel like a shift in yourself and your mouth will begin to salivate, um, oh. which is a really nifty oh. step because when, when we talk about nutritional therapy, your body doesn't digest unless we're in rest, rest and relaxed state. So before we eat our meals, we should be sitting down having, there's a purpose to gratitude to just taking a moment to take in our food. It turns on our salivary glands and begins that digestion process. Interesting. So it is a solid sign to you that you're in rest and relaxed state and you're no longer fight or flight. Because you can't eat when you're fight or flighting, right? You can't eat while you're running away. That's not a good plan. Right. You you don't need to be eating before you're having to fight off a monkey. Maybe not a monkey. (laughs) Maybe a tiger. Maybe a tiger. Um, We'll say a tiger. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just kind of like this innate way that our body signals us that we are relaxed and prepared to digest and be calm. Hi, I love that. I, I've never made that connection of, you know, like the the benefit of gratitude before you eat, but then just even like, that's so cool that whenever you're doing this breath work properly, like your mouth starts to water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's yeah. really cool. What are, 
some scenarios that you feel like it would be wise to implement breath work without it being just a defense? Like you realize like, Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I need to implement breath work. Like what if you wanted to be more proactive and on the offense for these things? Like what are some times during the day or scenarios, or even if you have like a routine that you like that you could share of, this would be a great way to work it in throughout your day and times that you could do it. And you could kind of be like on, you know, on the front end of things and not just living in reaction to everything. Yeah. I'm always going to say to start with some breathwork before meal times because mm-hmm. I really believe that, you know, that's the place where we nourish ourselves the most. And so if our body cannot receive that nourishment because we're in fight or flight or we're in between clients or we're getting ready to run somewhere, then we're really doing ourselves a great like foundational disservice. And that's mm-hmm. three times a day at least, right? Yeah. So before you eat every time sitting down and it's already kind of marked and ingrained in us in some ways, either through family or spiritual practice to sit down to still ourselves, to be aware. Yeah. Um, other times I think are often now, like we'll pause myself before I go to check email or before I move into a place mm-hmm. where I'm going to have a relational, maybe even a work potential crisis. Um, I'll just do some simple alternate nostril breathing, which is super easy. You just plug your right nostril, breathe in breath through your left nostril and hold and just swap your finger on your nostril to your left and you breathe out your right side. Doing like five sets of those helps just to get your body chill. But the beauty of breath work is that when we do it, the more we do it, the more our body returns to a rest and relaxed state. And so over time now, when I do it before I read my email, when I get crazy emails, I just read them and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Here's how we're going to handle it. There is no freak out response inside of me. There is no concern that I'm ill-equipped. There's no concern that, I don't know, like kind of my proclivities are to be worried I can't handle that or I will yeah. know, make a rash decision, any of those things. So like take a survey, like what parts of your day are stressful to you? Mm. What parts of your day? Maybe do you just feel ill-equipped um, and where can you kind of implement that or we all have iPhones or some sort of smartphone. Just set yourself like an every three hour timer and pause and do like five simple alternate nostril breaths. Like yeah. I tell my kiddos when they go to school, like before you guys go to the bathroom or you go to eat, just stop and breathe in, in and out both sides of your nose three times. Yeah. Do they do it? They do do it. Truman will tell me often. Yeah. He gets stressed out or someone was mean to him or, um, he'll have a lot of anxiety about, you know, kind of social times, I guess, with lots of noise and people. And he will yeah. say to me, I did my breathing and then I felt fine. So. Ah, oh, good for them. That's amazing. Starting really them young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it's, I think just the practical, like thinking of reminders of, cause I know like, especially when you're trying to implement something new that might feel a little bit awkward or, you know, strange. And am I doing this right? Is this when I'm supposed to be doing it? I think just setting that alarm on your phone and you tell yourself, well, I'm going to do it right now. And this is what I'd planned to do. So I'm just going to do it. And then it starts to feel less weird or less like, like, am I, am I, am I doing this the right way? Like, (laughs) is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Cause I know for me, like with exercising. That's what I had to do for the longest time of just not exercising when I felt like it was time to exercise because then I never exercised. I never Mm -hmm. felt like when I was going, when I was 
I was never exercising. And so why would my body feel like it's time to exercise when I've mm. like, I wasn't asking it to do that beforehand. And so just putting in the time of like, all right, timer started. You've got like 10 minutes of doing this, 10 minutes of doing that, 10 minutes of doing that, and then you're done. Yeah. And then eventually it got to a point where my body was like craving to do those things, you know? So I yeah. think that's just such a good tip of like when you're trying to start something new that you've never done before, you can't just expect yourself to be naturally inclined to do it. Yeah. And For so sure. attacking it onto a habit that you already have, makes it feel a lot less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. and thinking about, I think motivation for me is thinking about the times when I've really been calm and calculated and careful. Mm. Um, and I've been able to see a purpose in returning to kind of telling my body what to do instead of my body telling me what to do. Yeah. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but do you yeah. do any kind of like journaling or anything like that to kind of track like these were my emotions for the day or this is what I did. This worked, this didn't, or have you had clients do that before or seen any success with that? Or do you feel like it's just too tedious or all the above? Um, yeah. So with clients, (laughs) they do a food and mood journal for five to seven days. And it is amazing to see how food is linked to mood, how practices are linked to mood. And usually after our first visit together, then I'll have them implement some habits and we'll do it again. And it's then that we'll start to see the shift in like, oh, wow, you've been doing your breath work. And now we're seeing yeah, yeah. benefits to your mood. We're also seeing benefits to your digestion. You're not having this pain or that pain or whatever. Um, as for myself, I do a couple of habits that have been really sustaining for me. And the worst of my trauma was I had like a simple like trash notebook and I would just stream of consciousness right every morning for whatever I needed, usually like five or 10 minutes. I yeah. still have them. I can't read most of it. Yeah. You know, just anything that came to my mind. Cause that, that space, I feel like in a creative is a really wonderful space. Like before, right before you all the way woken up, I usually have my best ideas in that phase of time, mm-hmm. but very quickly my monkey brain takes over and shuts that down. And so stream of consciousness writing at that point in the day allowed my monkey brain to like get out, but not shut me down. Right. And then, yeah, just in general, I mean, we'll talk about meditation a tiny bit, and I don't really meditate in any particular way, but I'll read a scripture and meditation in the morning and just rewrite what it is because I, my mind's, I'm an ideas person. So, I'm yeah. always doing. so I'll just rewrite a couple of times and then I'll just journal a tiny bit about what I'm feeling about that. And that has been a gift for me in seasons where I feel like I'm not growing as a creative or as an entrepreneur because I'm not doing all the ideas I want to do. I can return to those Mm. things and see, wow, like I was thinking about totally different things. I was very behind myself where I am now. And so it's been um, just kind of this weird pattern of getting things out, but also like an accountability and encouragement to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think lowering the expectations a little bit too, like how you were saying it was just, you're just writing out whatever came to mind. Like it didn't have to be pretty or, you know, poetic, whatever, you know, it was just whatever comes. And then you're only doing it for five minutes, 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. maybe like if there was more to say, but it's not this like, okay, well let me sit down for the next hour and journal. And that can be really overwhelming. And it's also like, maybe, maybe there's someone out there that does that, but I think a lot of us Mm -hmm. just need to make something 
easy to do, you know, like something that is not unrealistic. Like it just needs to be something that can fit into our day. And then we will, like you were saying, like we will have a place that we can tangibly go back and look and see progress because it's, our mind has this crazy thing of deleting things that would be helpful for us to remember or even like skewing the memories, you know, and we're not remembering them exactly as they happened. And so whenever you have something like firm like that to go back and look at, I think it's really helpful and encouraging so you can see progress or see areas that you're still struggling with so you can pinpoint them and need to work on them. I think it's been helpful too to see the correlation between times that I was stressed out and handled my stress in like a journaling way or breath work or just Mm -hmm. dealt with it um, in the way that either shut down or expanded my creativity. Like we think about stress and we return to the allostatic load concept. When we end up like activated all the way, our body just shuts down. So for some people that's like, stomach issues diarrhea for some people that's just like feeling very dead like you think about like a fainting goat or a possum like we're wired in the same way and so when we're not diligent to do those things we will dissociate we'll become numb we shut down yeah freeze and what happens when we do that is we shut down our feelings we shut down our creativity we shut down our ideas we shut down our capacity to implement what it is we're wanting to do and what we really like have to bring to the world as entrepreneurs. So for me, there's this deep calling in me to help people find physical and emotional healing like I have. And when I'm not diligent to do breath work or handle my stress, mm-hmm. I'm not able to return to that like rest and relaxed place where I can socially engage, where I'm creative. So it's worthy work. And it's not just because it changes our bottom line, but it changes like who we are as people and what we're able to bring to the world. We can't be mindful mm-hmm. if we're stressed out. We can't be you know, compassionate or even feel safe enough to do our work and allow like our creativity to kind of expand. So like, it's good and worthy work. Um, though it feels like an irritating, another thing to do, but it, it pays out great dividends, which I know as entrepreneurs, we quite like. (laughs) Yes, we do like those dividends. (laughs) And I think that's just a theme that's been running through. I don't know. I feel like it's been every episode and every conversation that I've had so far is it's just, there are things that we avoid doing because they don't seem like mm. they're going to immediately pay off or it seems like this doesn't, this isn't going to have anything to do with the success of my business. Why would, you know, eating well and excerpt, like moving my body and being mindful of stressors in my life, like increase my, you know, bottom line or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but isn't, isn't that the qualm of entrepreneurs in some ways? Like we, our go-getters we want to get on to the next thing yeah like the things that matter are the things that we do diligently every day for the long game not for an immediate return and those are things that we resist because like they're what we need to do the most yeah they're what will grow our impact and our companies the most but we're so more interested in that immediate gratification and our lives propel us to see perks to immediate gratification but yeah sure I mean, I, I love the shift. Like, I just love that these conversations have been happening over and over again. And then it can just hopefully start to, because I mean, I even say it for myself, like reframe our minds and reframe our perspective on things about what is important and what is going to stick around for the long haul. Like, yeah, sure. It's important to grow your email list. Like that's, that's a great thing. We, you know, we should all be trying to do that. But at the end of the day, like you can have thousands of people subscribing to your email feeds without 
But if you're so out of it and you have lost your creativity, you're not going to have much to say to all of those people. And the things you say aren't going to land. And so I think like, I just love that these conversations are happening and that hopefully things are getting reframed a bit so that we can just do good quality work that doesn't attack ourselves personally, you know, and we're not doing it at a disadvantage to ourselves. But so with that in mind, like we, like we have this idea of breath work. What are some other stress reduction tactics or things that you have found to be beneficial um, to kind of just work within this, this thing that we all deal with of, you know, hard things that we, that we have to confront. Yeah, I think that tactics for stress control kind of, to me, are best looked at from like, what can I eliminate and what can I get rid of so that I can prioritize worthy stress? Mm. Um, For me, I carry, I think in a lot of entrepreneurs, because we are kind of um, same-ish thinkers, we carry a lot of stress in our physical bodies. So we might be dealing with it, we think, but we feel very tense. Our bodies are tired, very stiff. So exercise is a huge one even just simple things like going for a tiny walk if I've had a stressful day I'll pop by a park and do like 10 minutes by myself um, before I come home to my family Um, yoga is going to be a super great one because it's going to implement breath work it's going to you know force you to be quiet away from your phone yeah um, still stretching moving that physical stress out of your body but also adding in just so exercise is a huge one and of course we think of that um as like an annoying one but we look statistically and it's it's more effective on depression than than medication it's the same for anxiety like there are so many powerful things that happen when we exercise um, yeah. meditation and mindset even something as simple as i set a five minute timer in the morning and just kind of grab onto whatever positive something or other floating around my head it can literally be as simple as like i'm capable for my day yeah um and i just close my eyes i set my timer and all I do is just try to return to that thought over and over again. But it really mm. shifts me. Um, and doing affirmations in that way are really powerful. Mindset, yeah. kind of the same thing. Just going over a list of affirmations. I know Rachel Hollis talks a lot about how she has her list of like five or ten dreams. I forget what it is. And she just repeats them to herself. Um, and those thoughts and ideas and hopes get ingrained inside of you. And there, I think there is something to manifesting. Um, I think there's something even just to manifesting health. Like for me for a long time, it was like, like I have the power to, to not eat sugar Mm -hmm. and to make every single choice with a healthy whole mother for my kids in place. Um, and here I am now and I'm totally functional. And I used to, I had a stint where I couldn't walk and I was completely depleted and you know, that doesn't return anymore. It's not part of my mindset, but, um, Yeah. Stress bucket. We can just kind of taking a survey of like, what's in your stress bucket? What feels stressful to you? Or what do you not want to do? Um, for me, like photographing newborns for a while was a stressful thing. And I eventually was like, um, the stress about going to do this, the stress of editing, all of it was so stressful, but it wasn't until I put on paper, like, what are things I feel anxious about? (laughs) Did I realize that? And I was making beautiful pictures and all that, but like, I just, and I love babies, but it wasn't, you know, it was in my bucket. It was too big. Yeah. Um, and everything else, you know, is kind of just going to be like a detox. If we have lots of feelings or relational situations or even work situations that we just don't feel equipped for, can mm-hmm. we find equipping? Can we go to therapy? Like I outsource so much of my parenting um, and 
relational issues around my boys, not necessarily with them, but with um, components of their life, just do a therapist because I am equipped, but it is so stressful to me. I love them. Like I behave differently around that. And so for me, that's a place that I'm not willing to engage in that stress. Yeah. Um, detox can be simple too. Just like we talked about water last time, but yeah, your body's clearing stuff out all the time, chemicals and all sorts of things and um, in our food and, you know, you walk through a factory, you walk down the street, you walk past a big diesel truck, like your body needs water to help clear those out the river that our toxins leave in. So just yeah. simple things like that. Um, but removing pesticides and, you know, eating as much organic, which I don't maybe want to engage in that whole conversation, <laughs> but like, look at the top 10, um, the dirty dozen, the most like pesticide laden foods, try and yeah. eliminate them. You're going to remove like a simple, how simple to remove that. Um, there's just so many places that you can support cellular detox that allow you to handle more emotional, relational stress, which I think is what we end up with more pressing perhaps on our bodies or more of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think thinking of it in a like frame of mind where you, you have a chance and you have choices that you can make, like all of these things aren't just like completely out of your control. There are some things that are out of your control, but there are a lot of things that are completely within your control that you can make decisions on. I think that can be really empowering, but also it can just give you a way forward where you don't just feel like you're constantly reacting to your environment, but mm -hmm. you're trying to make smart decisions to be more in control of your environment. And so I think thinking like, I think that bucket visualization is something that I'm going to like, it's going to stick with me because I think it's definitely, you can sit down and you can like either write it out on paper or just think through it of what are the things right now that I can eliminate that are not necessary. Like I don't need to be dealing with this mm -hmm. and I can put it off. And I think there's a lot of like, this is probably a whole other conversation, but I think a lot of times like in the, you know, the name of self care, we run away from things that we maybe should confront. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't want to just sound like that of, Oh, that's hard. We'll just get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Cause I do think in life sometimes like we need to confront hard things and we need to like mend broken relationships and all of those things. So I don't, I don't want anyone to hear me saying that, but I do think that when you can like look carefully at what's going on in your life and the things that are affecting your ability to have sound mind and function at a level that you need to function at, then you can, I mean, you can make those decisions as to what can be eliminated. Like you deciding not to do newborn sessions anymore. It was like, that was just a smart business decision that like, made sense for you and your personal life. Like it wasn't you like running away or canceling a relationship mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's, it's not just as easy as we'll throw away the things that, that don't make you happy. Cause I think that a lot of times, like that's just us taking the easy road and not trying to mend mm -hmm. things in our life. But I do think that and avoiding that, growth. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like it's things that don't serve us. If that's, you know, uh, yeah, if you want to say it that way, serve us great. But like a lot of really hard things I didn't want to do completely transform my life and my character. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, like it's less about self care 
I don't know. I think people just use the the phrase like, oh, it's self-care. I'm not going to do it. Well, maybe the, the most caring thing that you can do for yourself in that moment is to do it because it's going to make you. But, but like I said, that's the whole other conversation. But I think just having that mind, that mindset, like that frame of mind of I can make decisions in this moment. I can choose to buy groceries differently. I can choose to clean my house differently. Mm-hmm. We can do those things and I'm, it's a process and no one expects you to do it tomorrow. But I think like starting to take those steps in the direction is really helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. even in that, in that train of thought, I guess, like, I feel like this does fall under prevention of trying to come in in some way and set ourselves up for success in this area of not like unnecessarily putting stressors in our lives. So what do you, what have you seen to be like in this, this stage of life that you're in now and the decisions that you make and then even like work that you do with your clients, what are some ways that you're able to think through preventative measures that you can take in order to not like invite stress? Yeah. I think that continually seeking health in all areas of my life has really shifted um, the invitation to stress, learning a lot about boundaries is so helpful. Um, and it can, I mean, like simple as all those Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend boundaries books, like download mm-hmm. that, listen here and there when you have time. Um, because a lot of my stress reduction just has to do with like not being available to the parts of life that are stressful. Yeah. Um, and not in an inappropriate way, but um and learning, just being more equipped to say no or to step out when it's appropriate instead of feeling like I need to stay. I'm a super loyal person. And learning to differentiate between being loyal and doing something that I need to do or don't has been very impactful. Yeah. Um, I think also just like learning how to reframe, hmm. learning how to look at both sides of the coin. Um, we talk about Enneagram a little bit. If you have a friend that's a nine, they're so good at this. They can see <laughs> both sides of everything, which is annoying. Your friend who's a devil's advocate, like hang with them yep. because all they're doing is reframing all the time. Like what a gift. Maybe yeah. I can't think about how my divorce is a good thing right now, but good night. It has shifted so much. I mean, once I could learn to see all the ways in which it was serving me, even just this idea of asking yourself, is this happening to me? Or is this happening for me? Yeah. And then how is this happening for me? Um, yeah. Just lots of pointed questions at yourself and engaging in healthier thinking um, allows you to be able to reframe. And we can do all these habits, but it really is how we come at life that changes because there are going to be seasons, right? Our kids aren't going to sleep. We're going to have to like spend all of our hours doing the launch, like there are going to be seasons when like we can't stop and do breath work. We don't have time to get to the grocery. We have to eat quicker food. We've got meetings back to back and we forgot to eat breakfast, whatever, like all that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Your perspective on and your equipping to be able to deal with those things, the way you think about them is really what is pivotal. I think it's like the linchpin of the whole stress equation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, it's easily easier said than done, but it, I mean, I really do feel like it's the bottom line mm-hmm. yeah, of how you're looking. Yeah. And even that, like the, the two questions, like, is this happening to me? Is this happening for me? Cause things like we were just talking about, like sometimes hard things, they're hard and they suck, but they make us 
grow in areas that we would have not otherwise grown in. And so trying to confront everything with those questions of, you know, what is, what's the end game here or what can I get out of this or where's the silver lining? And if there's no silver lining, then confront that too. And we can, you know, you can move on from that. But I think just not taking like those gut reactions every single time can be really helpful. Yeah. Training yourself to respond and not react, which is really what that breath work does is it teaches your body to respond from a place of steady and rest and relax and a logical brain that's not off its rails. (laughs) And when we're in, we can't really socially engage when we're in fight or flight. Yeah. So like you're not going to make any decision appropriately because decisions are made with other people or for other people. And so just retraining all the time to respond instead Mm. of react is core and easy if you do the work. (laughs) If you do it. Sweet. Mm -hmm. So, okay. We talked about so many good things. I feel like there's a ton to take away, but if you were to encourage someone listening to this right now to, you know, how to apply this, what do you think would be the best first step that, that people can take as like, you know, this episode wrapped up and they walk away from it? Yeah, I would say probably making a list of the places where you feel the most stressed or anxious or just resistance Mm. and um, maybe try and group those and see like, are these relational things? And then how can you outsource that stuff? Like so much more effective in my business, right? When I outsource my relational stress to a therapist, Yeah, Uh, I'm so much more effective in my physical health when I outsource something I'm not good at, like nutrition to um, a nutritional therapist who can just give me steps and I can follow those so that I can use my gift in this kind of where I am. But taking that survey of where am I stressed? Where do I feel the anxiety, worry? Where do those negative feels come from? Gives you a good place to start with. And then um, simple things like put that question on your mirror or on your lock screen. Is this happening to me or is this happening for me? And how is it for me? Yeah. Just pausing to ask yourself that. Um, other practical steps that I think we have proclivities towards are just like caffeine, alcohol, or liquid stress. Those yeah. stress our bodies so much. And so if we're in a phase where there's a lot of stress, like cut those, don't run to them, right? Because we tend to run to caffeine in the morning to get us going and alcohol to deal with our feelings or just to be a comfort and have fun. But um, cutting back on those two things is like removing a intravenous bomb to your body. It really allows your body to not be physically stressed all the time. And if mm. you find that your stress response is not appropriate, I mean, I work with so many postpartum mothers. We think of that as a very stressful time, beautiful time, but very stressful. Yeah. There are physical <laughs> nutritional deficiencies that mean you're going to be bound to respond to stress in a particular way. And there are so many simple things that we can do, just looking at those, replacing nutrients, adding in um, adrenal glandulars to just help nourish that cortisol response and get it right. Like those things matter too. And so if you feel like, yeah, okay, all these things they've said today kind of sound ridiculous or I sort of do them, but they don't help. I just still have like this grating, like intense response to stress. There's physical components to it too. So asking the question, like, am I doing any of this stuff? Is it working? No. Well, could it be something else? Who can yeah. help with that? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times like it's just this, I don't know, like you get into a situation and then you just think, well, this is the way it is, or this is, 
this is life. I yeah. I'm, I'm a stressed person or I'm an anxious person or that's, that's my identity. That's who I am. But I, mm. it's, there's so much hope in thinking that like, it doesn't have to be this way, or there are steps yeah. that you can take to alleviate some of this, or even, you know, even if it's slow and it's small, it's something and there, you know, there's hope for things being different. You don't have to live like this. You don't have to constantly be struggling through the, like these responses that you're not happy in. Those around you would love to see you thriving in a different way. Like it's, I think it's super hopeful and helpful even to have that, just to like have the conversation about the fact that there are solutions that will get you to a place of your body working for you and not against you or you not working against your body or however that relationship works. For sure. And it totally fits our narrative as entrepreneurs, right? We have this purpose that we're to bring something to the world, that we're to see a different way out, that we have a solution to your problem. Mm. Well, simultaneously, like we have a gifting to see that in ourselves. Like, yeah, we have a way to see a way out, a different way of doing things. We have the get up and go to do it. And so working with entrepreneurs is like really one of my favorites because like we do have this innate like oh things can be different and they're going to be different yeah thing about us and so that's a really great launching pad to just kind of to jump from like yeah such a gift yeah like uniquely gifted to see and implement change which I think is one of the most amazing things about creatives and entrepreneurs I agree with you sweet Mm -hmm. so yeah guys if y'all are listening to this and um you want to learn more, I am going to put Elizabeth's contact information in the show notes. But y'all know you can always find her on Instagram and at her website. You want to remind us where those are at, Elizabeth? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is hey hey Elizabeth May. And my website is hey hey May, uh, May spelled M-A-E dot com. Yes. And so again, those will be in the show notes. But I really encourage y'all to take this as just a very simple and practical thing that you can do. It is not like you're not going way out on a limb to do breath work. Like you're literally taking seconds within your day to make it happen. And then even just somehow, whatever makes sense for you recording results. And just so, cause I think a lot of times we can do it and then we give it a few days and then, you know, your life hasn't changed. And so then you feel like it's stupid and you give up. But I think if you can somehow, whether it's journaling or voice memos or something like recording results along the way or how things are going and tracking that, then you can go back and you can see the small steady growth. And then again, if you feel like Elizabeth was talking about, you're doing these things and you're still just not seeing any results, there could be something more that needs to be talked about. And it's important. Like those things about yourself and your well-being are important. They're just as important, more important than your business. And Mm -hmm. so I could not recommend more that you reach out to Elizabeth and just chat with her. Super laid back. I mean, you've heard her for two episodes now on the podcast. She's not going to yell at you. So (laughs) you can trust that it'll be a good, kind conversation and you'll have that's a long-term investment and it's an investment in something that really matters. So reach out with any questions that y'all have. Don't be a stranger about these topics. And thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us again for the season. I can't wait for you to come back on on season three and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much.
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth of Hey Hey May. Make sure that you go and give her a follow on Instagram if you aren't already. She's constantly posting super practical ways that we can just all take our health more seriously and be more intentional about how we're treating our bodies. And if you are not already following me over on Instagram, I would love for you to do that as well. You can find me at Jordan Kavuma, K-A-V-U-M-A, and join the conversation around this episode. Just find the post and let me know how you plan on implementing breath work throughout your day. And don't forget to head over to jordankavuma.com and click on this episode's show notes, uh, season two, episode six, so that you can get the printable that Elizabeth has made for all of us so that we can remember these exercises and get really good at them. So that's all for today, guys. I can't wait to chat again next week for episode seven. And don't forget, if you have a question that you want me to answer for this season's listener Q&A, Q and a episode, then just send that over to Jordan at Jordan or you can drop it in a DM over on Instagram. So I will chat with you guys soon.